Hey everyone, welcome back to Julie Loves Television. Oh, I got the name right that time. Um, so, um, I, and again, um, missed a couple weeks in there. I'm trying to be more consistent. Hopefully I will be, um, if anybody's listening. Um, so, right now I'm, I changed my recording setup. I am in my living room near a window. I tried to isolate as much noise as possible. I turned off like air conditioning and like a fan I had going or whatever. I am near windows, so you might hear some background noise, so apologies for that. It's just trying to find the most comfortable, like, place to, like, set up all the stuff you need to record, especially, like, the mic. And I'm kind of a little bit still embarrassed about, like, recording and speaking. I'm, like, afraid people can hear me, but I can't really hear my neighbors all that much, so I don't really think in my I don't know why I'm so afraid of it. I have weird watching TV habits, so that's part of it. Anyways, um, and I'm recording much earlier in the day than I normally do, so it's a little bit more noise probably going on if you hear stuff in the background. And I'll be try to be better about speaking more into the mic because I found when I picked up the microphone and like put it in my face, you could hear me better, even though it's it's still pretty okay. I'm kind of in enunciating more. That's more of a problem I have too. In regular life too, but I'm working on that more in this situation. Because um, near the end, I was talking about of the last episode. I was talking about like the top ten lists on Netflix and stuff I've seen, some I might be interested in, and I might expand to like other platforms. But it's really one of the best ways to see stuff that's super popular and that might catch my eye and talk about stuff that. I may end up on talking about as like inspiration for the next week and I near the end I was talking about Forever My Girl, a movie that's in the top ten list of Netflix for quite a while now. I don't know how many like at least a week or more. And you could not understand that I was saying Forever My Girl. Um at all as like what I was talking about. So that's a little it was kind of frustrating. So I realized I need to be better about that. Anyways. So, let's get into this week's episode. Now, I don't have particular, like, I do have newsy segments I want to go through. In Not in the same, like, l- articles that I found online sort of way. I think I found one article that I saw was interesting. Actually, because of the writer's strike, I actually saw that one of the things that shut down because of the writer's strike that was shooting was, um that Amy Sherman Palladino, you can probably hear sirens in the background, um, Amy Sherman Palladino, um, TV show that was about ballet that had the guy who was in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Luke, I think his first name is, Bracey? No, I can't be it, that's the guy from, um, what is he in? Holiday with Emma Roberts. Anyways, that shut down, and I was like, oh, that's filming already i just saw that it was announced and like in production it's like already in production which is so surprising and then it was actually filming which is interesting too i guess like the main like news thing going on besides like stuff shutting down was like the netflix um um presentation festival like the tadum whatever that noise is i don't know how you say it i don't think i've ever heard it being said the presentation festival that they held in 
Brazil to like showcase all this stuff that was coming up, which is interesting. I think it's, and it's I think it's more fan oriented. I believe I think as like a psyching up thing for new stuff that they have, showing like announced season two of like that Arnold Schwarzenegger show that's on that just released on Netflix and um release stuff for Bridgerton, the new season, which I actually have notes on that I was going to go through later. And what else were they? Um, then another movie of the Extraction series that Chris Hemsworth stars in as like a movie on Netflix. I know it's number one. I really have no interest watching that. I might. I, I try to get more into action stuff, but it's still hard. hard sometimes to get into it. And I think... There was a trailer for Gal Gadot's um, new movie, like Heart of Stone or something like that. I don't know how much I would be interested in that sort of thing either. But let's see what's in my reading list. I hate all those noises outside. Oh, my only news story was about Bridgerton, which I guess we could jump to that because it's my news, new, my one of my news stories that I was going to talk about is like a topic to look forward to in the future. So I got this article from Variety, even though it's probably everywhere and um, stuff. Placing about the same information because it's basically nothing. Let's see. Um, it's about what they released during Netflix's Tandem event is the first look at season three, which shows which features Penelope and Colin's relationship. Um, And I think it was just the only um, thing that it released was photos, and they didn't release anything else about it, which is fine. But that made me really think like that it's very far off from being actually released in any way, especially because Queen Charlotte came out so recently. There's no way they would re- release two Bridgerton programming things so close to each other because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because it like kind of takes away from the other while all the other, all the other seasons exist together which pushes everything else out further in the future which is kind of what I hate about having to work around spinoffs it is so loud outside I am so sorry if you can hear that um, I don't know why there's I live in a main fr- thoroughfare part that sucks anyways so back to this variety car- article um it picks up with Penelope, Featherington, and Colin Bridgerton's love story. Actually, I want to see how old Luke Newton is, because I know Nicola Kaufman is like 35, which is insane, because she was just playing a high schooler recently on Dairy Girls. Um, let's go with Bridgerton. I meant to look that up, because I thought it was might be an interesting thing, because I was thinking about how all over the place the ages are in like the order of like the actual Bridgerton children like I think Penelope is older than all of them I think like all the Bridgerton kids not Penelope Nicola is and Eloise is actually older than all of her all the act uh, the actress who plays Eloise is I think it's older than all the actors who play her older siblings and which is so funny because they look so They've, they've kind of make sense. Or maybe I don't know if they look younger. They act younger? I don't know. How? So, like, let's see. I know it doesn't make any I know it doesn't matter, but I'm, 
wondering if that's why they moved up the like featuring of them in season three of course there's a dog in the background and she's 36 and how old is Luke Newton 30 oh not bad not terribly far off I swear I thought um he was way older or no no sorry not that I thought he was I thought there might have been like an uh, way closer in age to each other. No, I didn't mean that either. I was reading while I was saying that. I thought they were way further apart in age for some reason. I didn't actually look at any of their ages. It's more of like a factor into like why they might be moved up the storyline as like a thing, but it doesn't actually really matter. Because they fit in pretty well. Because like, I was just thinking about that in like relation to Nancy Drew, which is airing their final season on the CW, which I really like. The first, the first season, three seasons are pretty good, and this fourth season looks really good so far. But I just can't bring myself to watch week 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 by week. I usually wait until it's on HBO Max, Max now I guess you would call it. But um, anyways, so. The new season, it's about after finally giving up on her long-requited feelings for Colin, unrequited feelings for Colin, when she heard his snide com- comments about her, Penelope had decided it's time to take a husband, oh interesting, preferably one who will provide her with enough independence to continue her double life as Lady Whistledown, far away from her mothers and sisters. But her attempts so far haven't sprouted any fruitful potentials. There's so much noise in this hallway gotta stop complaining about it um sorry getting back to this Colin on the other hand returns for season 3 with new swagger about him but is disheartened to find that Penelope the one person who he's always appreciated him is giving him the cold shoulder despite to men desperate I cannot read desperate to mend their relationship Colin offers his assistance to help Penelope build her confidence in order to change her luck with her new husband in search of the season uh it sort of blends into what the book is about. I read the book fairly long ago, and I think it's the only one of the series I've read because I like the trope that's in it, um, like the friends to lovers thing. Um, suddenly, when his lessons begin to working too well, Colin must decide whether his feelings for Penelope are just friendlier, friendly, or something more. Meanwhile. Penelope's rift with Eloise continues to complicate matters, and her growing presence in the town makes it all more difficult to keep her status as Lady Whistledown a secret. Hmm. I'm super. I'm just super curious how this new season is gonna go. Go to my notes on this. I'm not going all out of order. Um. So what they released during the the presentation was like new photos of the new season mostly just of um Colin and Penelope um and I think only one like one of the photos was just Penelope there's like no new it's not really a ton of new information because I think that was all the inform like the story was really prior um and like understanding from the prior season how it differs a little bit from the book um there's like no teaser or teaser trailer which is kind of disappointing because it's just photos and but I guess they serve some sort of purpose and but like the release release of photos makes me really think that like they're nowhere near to be ready to release the show 
but it could also be that Netflix wants to release the trailers and teasers to stand on, on their own as like its own thing rather than during this presentation mixed in with like a ton of other stuff that may take away from it a little bit um and I didn't really pay attention to the same event last year I don't think so I don't really know how if it was any different with um whatever they were showing for this year that was going out um and some of it mm, so sorry I skipped a line so we were obviously already knew that the show was rearranging the order of the books as they're translated in TV show. I'm wondering if some of this has might have to do with that they already built up so much the tension and the chemistry between Penelope and Colin and the story through the first couple seasons. They are really one of the only couples that there's been a season about where we actually have seen a build up and a backstory too. So I guess they built so much up that I, I don't know that they can see that they can realistically drag it out anymore, I suppose. And how much more of a f- featured character Penelope is outside of being Whistledown. Um, I also have some of the feeling that the reason that they change around the order is that they're going to make more significant change to the story that they tell more Benedict, maybe. It's like... Uh, there's no clues to that, but it makes me really think that's what they're doing, a little bit of it, because it makes me feel like they don't like his story or something, but I'm not as familiar with it, because it's a, like a Cinderella trope in that one, I think. I don't know. They really did something weird with him in the first season that really throws you off. To, I mean, it makes sense in his like partying lifestyle and how that plays into his story anyways, so maybe it'll be the same. I don't know. Um, but also, like, the simplest explanation would be that, like, Nicola, who plays Penelope, is, like, only on their contract for, like, a shorter period of time. And this is the best way they complete her main storyline under, like, the main contract or something. Because I know in, like, British television, even though it's an American company, in British television, they do shorter and less seasons of stuff, generally, for most of their stuff. So I don't know if that plays into it. And, like, that she's blown up so much because she was on I mean, she was on Dairy Girls before this anyways and that was pretty popular and um sorry I got distracted got an email um this is what sucks having technology right in front of you um yeah and that she wants to move on and she's been, she was sort of popular before in Dairy Girls and and that she doesn't want to stay too long whereas like a lot of like the bigger people that have been in prior seasons have like straight up left the show but I don't know if that's more of like a thing to do with the stories that they're trying to tell and not be distracted by background characters that you know from prior seasons because they become truly enough not a part of the story in the same bigger way and maybe too expensive to keep around if they're main characters in prior seasons because i don't know how much of like all the characters leaving is a factor of like the main guy from the first season like straight up left the entire show and like you haven't heard from him since honestly I and mean, he's been in a couple things but not anything major um Anyways, but back to the photos. 
So it's a very obvious like main character look change to both Khan and Penelope. They look much more polished as the story is much more about them and the eyes are on them in the story. And kind of a, it's kind of like the difference you see between the look of Anthony in the first season and the second season of the show. Colin has a much more like quaffed longer hair. I guess that's kind of explained by him coming back from Greece in the season. And Penelope's hair is like much more stylized and I feel like she never wear, wear, didn't wear her hair down a ton prior. But she's got like these like tendrils that are like out in her hair that are very curled and specifically laying there as part of the style of her hair and it has got to be a different shade of red and obviously it's part of the story that like this um that playing up the hair color but it's just like not the greatest skin um hair color for the actress's skin tone which plays into the story a little bit but it's still not great it makes her it washes her out a ton, but it, it she look, the actress looks like a ton better as a blonde in what she looks like in like all the press stuff. But I think that'd be too jarring of a difference for a historical period piece drama and regency um, drama, the like. So I'm like, she's got I guess she got to say that, but she's wearing much more like flattering tones as clothes, which is part of the story too. Of independence and no longer wearing like those yellows and oranges that just look terrible compared with her skin tone and her hair all clashing with each other. Like, um, in the Colin and Penelope book is actually one of the tropes that I really like in books. It's like friends to lovers, so that's kind of why I'm excited for it. But it should be really, especially interesting, interesting to see how they weave in the story from like the prior books and the prior seasons especially with how the second season ended you kind of hate the penelope character at the end of the se- second season i don't know how much i'm even going to be rooting for her when this when the new season starts and the de- writers definitely have started out with like a real step back to build up penelope again as a character you want to root for but i mean first writers also had a similar issue with anthony and when they went into his season but it worked out well as a transition to his story the, the story was like an enemies to lovers conflict in season two it was about like anger and conflict and tension was like part of building up that story you had to see anthony change and melt away to a character that you loved and there's a lot of just like bluster to hide his true feelings some of the time and um in the book about penelope and colin the issue there i think is largely similar in penelope wanting help from colin to gain more experience to get somebody else I think I don't remember it super well and having to move on trying to move on from the relationship she feels she wants with Colin and them obviously falling in love and Penelope not thinking Colin has real feelings for her when they end up going too far for the time and I'm just, I'm so interested in when this is going to be coming out. I looked up when the show was finished filming. It was actually completed in March of 2023. So it makes sense why there's only going to come out with photos right now. But, but I was looking back at like the second season and started, uh, finished filming in November of 2021 and re- premiered in March of 2022. So it was like four months after the show finished filming, which is 
insane, so I don't know how accurate those timelines are on Wikipedia, granted. Um, but I don't think there's any way they could release another season of the show so close to Queen Charlotte releasing. I think I said this before, but I think there's no way they will even release the next season until maybe even early fall or late fall. But a crazy thing, I was actually looking up on my TV time app just to see like topics and stuff that might come up in the future that I might be interested in watching or mentioning as something that might be interesting to know for later. And I was looking through like future TV seasons that was coming up of stuff I've watched previously. And I noticed there's a future date for Bridgerton, which is so uncommon. And I don't, oh, I, know, I don't know how accurate this app is, but it's like 170 days from today's date or something like that. So unless I miss something and someone knows about a release date that's not released anywhere in any of the articles I've, saw, I've seen, it's going to re- release in like late February of next year, which is so far away. It like so, I mean, it makes sense. Because releasing Queen Charlotte in the middle of it makes sense while there be a year break between stuff. But should be so interesting. I'm looking forward to it, kind of apprehensive of how they're going to play out the storyline so you don't feel... Obviously, the same way Penelope does, it's like out of pity a lot of the time, which would be tough. But you don't really know Colin that well, I suppose, besides the very little you see him. Anyways, um, moving on. My only other news news story, which is, I'm what, like 20 minutes into this, I'm only talking about one news story so far. Um, I think my next thing I wanted to talk about was, um, they released a new trailer for The Summer I Turned Pretty, and it's supposed to come out in, like, a month or something, at middle end of July. Um, the new trailer was just released, of course, features another Taylor Swift song. I like Taylor Swift. I listen to her music a ton. I cannot recognize all the time what a song is like be able to name it in that way so i knew it was a taylor swift song but i could not recognize what it was from but it was also one of her newer songs i'm not saying i can do that with older songs either but it's the way it is i suppose um of course as everything excited but a little bit apprehensive but it's for like a different reason i'm afraid to say that the trailer doesn't make it look like it's actually going to be that good I mean, the first season trailer was, like, really, um, a good at reeling me into the story, but this one makes me think it's gonna be kind of cringy and weird and, like, they got too high on the, the popularity they received from the first season, because I know it's gonna be different, and I don't know what the second book was is even about, but I'm hoping it's really good and not weird in any way. Some of it throws me off a little bit because I think I saw who was that actress Kira Sedgwick is in it I'm like this can't be good because like I don't think any of the ca- um, actors in the show are necessarily people you would recognize from anything else besides her I mean if you watch stuff you obviously recognize the mother of like the Conrad J- and Jeremiah characters from other stuff but less so any of the other actors because I think obviously they're very much newer to the scene or 
and just in stuff I haven't seen or would recognize. Um, so, so like I said, I know a little bit about the second book. I don't really know what the story is about. Um, or I, I don't know how much that even matters since the first season was kind of different so much. And I didn't really even like the first book when I read it, so that's why I didn't read the second season. But I think I read like the first chapter of the second book. And I don't know. Obviously, it's more mel- melancholy happening in the show, but like the first season is such good summer vibes. And it's like the perfect summer show to like feel that sort of thing feel that sort of like wistfulness about summer and the going to the beach and stuff like that while also dealing with such sad topics it's crazy that they're able to do that really well and actually makes you feel good and not like and really enjoy the story in that way make you want, want to watch it over and over again despite how sad it ends up being and there is cringy moments, but not a ton. Um. Anyways, moving on to my next topic. I'll talk more about that. I'm thinking about doing a rewatch again of Summer I Turn Pretty. But I may talk just talk about when the new season come out. Knowing me, I'll probably avoid it for a couple weeks to try to die down. But I did like the first season so much that I'd be afraid to be spoiled because I wasn't spoiled in the first season. I don't know. Who knows me? I tend to avoid stuff if I like it. I'm afraid to watch a new season of it. Anyways, um, next topic. It's a bit shorter. Not a ton of um, stuff about it um, in my notes. Um, so, as a part of my plan to venture out more and watching new stuff, oh, actually, is to like go to the movies more. And because I live near, fairly near a movie theater, it's like on my block. I made it like a, I tried to make a choice to like try to go see every single movie that the movie theater plays because they tend to actually play like more indie stuff despite it being kind of smaller. I have not done that. I have seen one or so a week. It's just hard because you, I really wanted, I wanted to see the fast, the new Fast and Furious movie, but that was, came, went out of that theater before I, I got a chance to see it because I ended up going seeing about my father instead, the Suspe- Sebastian Maniscalco, Robert De Niro film, and honestly, I did not really enjoy it at all, and I didn't really understand the conflict that drove the whole premise of the story. Robert De Niro is Sebastian Maniscalco's very Italian and embarrassing father who must who he, who he must bring to like the Fourth of July weekend at his girlfriend's parents' house. One, Sebastian Maniscalco and his girlfriend are way too old to be in the situation. It feels like it feels like a story for a much younger person, but I don't know. And it's supposed to be like a flash, uh, not flash, a clash of the families. As Sebastian is caught in the middle between. His father and his wife, um, his girlfriend's family, and everything was just like super flat and kind of boring, despite it being a comedy. And I didn't, and De Niro didn't even seem all that crazy as a character in the story. 
and I didn't really really like Sebastian's character or even his acting it's like a bit too much in his face and it's obviously playing a bits that I don't understand or connect with and it feels like it's coming from his stand-up routines and I'm not familiar with his stand-up just too much in a way that I don't understand and don't really like I'm, I don't know I like comedy some of the time I just think it's playing up too much into him as a, like a main character and I didn't and as like a personality outside of it, that may, you might be just expected to understand that I don't anyways giving that about my father a I want to say C minus I got through the whole thing I wanted to leave really into it but I don't know oh a part of that my movie watching thing too was actually that I wanted to see um, another movie and I ended up going to see The Little Mermaid the live action one Oh, that reminded that I forgot to say. As part of my moving going experience, I I don't think I mentioned this a while ago. I got like Amazon premiere emails where you can go see premieres of TV shows that are movies on Amazon Prime in theaters, and you have to like sign up through the email and it's free or something like that. And I did sign up for Citadel, and I'm not going because I was like I don't know how interested I am in this sort of thing, and I didn't feel like driving all the way out there the theater that it was in and I was like I don't regret it because the first couple episodes of Citadel are kind of let's just say boring but I got an email that they're doing ones in the future this summer I like multiple it must be more of a popular thing and I think there was like a horror show the horror of Dolores Roach was like the most current one it's a prime premiere July 12th for the Summer I Turned Pretty Season 2. There's no, like, link to it. Oh, one week before the screening date. Okay. That makes sense. So they have the Summer I Turned Pretty, and then the last one is, like, Good Omen Season 2 premiere. They're both... The last two are both two, ep- two episode sneak peeks, which should be so fun. I'm, I'd be so excited to go see that. And I, I'd be, I think I'd be more interested in seeing that. I wonder how, I don't think I'm busy around the time, so I should be able to go. Hopefully, it's going to be during the week. Um, but I think it'd be so interesting. And I, I don't know how I'd never got any of those emails before. I wonder if it's because it knows where I live now, that I'm closer to stuff. But I swear in the Citadel one, there was stuff in similar distance away still in those situations too. I don't know. Maybe they just start, didn't start having them again until recently. Or they're just new in general. Anyways. I saw the new The Little Mermaid, the live action one. I'm going to preface this by saying... I'm not super into... Or super connected to The Little Mermaid like animated stuff. Or any of the Disney animated stuff in the same way. So I'm not super connected to the story. So I don't remember a ton from it. I obviously remember some of it because it's such a, like, a cultural phenomenon, you know, it was in the 90s. Um, 
obviously wasn't old enough to see any of that stuff then, so I obviously saw it later, but, um, was it released before I was born, I think, too? It is so loud outside. I am so sorry if you can hear that. Um, most of the time I wear, like, um, soundproof headphones, so I can't hear a ton of stuff that's going on outside. Anyways, um, oh, I saw The Little Mermaid. I saw it in, like, 10 p.m. screening. For some reason, people brought children to a 10 p.m. screening, which was what I was trying to avoid. Because I'm like, these kids were seriously not old enough to be awake that late at night to be watching a movie. It's way past their bedtime. And they're just so loud and so much noise. Um, anyways, familiar with the story, not super familiar with it. I did not like the underwater stuff because her hair just looked so distracting and fake and weird. Not saying that would happen no matter what. And it's like kind of like the hesitation towards like a live action sort of thing. But I also have never seen the Avatar sequel because that occurs a lot underwater. And I wonder if that does it better, but I'm not sure. It's going to be so hard in general. I did not like the, all the underwater stuff. Some of it looked good, pretty good. It was like a realness, I guess. But I like the stuff on land. It was pretty good. The singing was good. I couldn't remember if there was actually more songs. It felt like not enough, maybe. Overall, it's pretty meh. I'm not super into that Disney stuff a lot anyways. It was more just to get out of the house and probably the only time I would ever actually see that movie because I don't see a ton of the live action movies. Like I've seen Cinderella but it was way after it came out. Um, the Cinder- live action one and I don't think no I've seen the live action Beauty and the Beast. I don't remember much about it. Both of these things I saw because they were on Disney Plus I want to say. It was way after they originally came out. Honestly maybe C plus I just overall didn't super care for it a ton not saying that it didn't look good for most of the time I just not the type of story I'm into I suppose and again good singing it's fairly good visual effects not super great because I hate the underwater stuff anyways moving on um, I was gonna say, still obsessed with Quamia. I meant to say actually with that, that's actually like a B for me. Quamia. I didn't mention my rating last week because I talked so much about it. But I think it's a B. It's still not like an amazing, amazing story, plot, whatever, movie. But I think it's really good for what it is. And I think it's extremely watchable. Um, the book I don't recommend reading I did not in particularly enjoy it I watched the movie was way better for me I would say, definitely say read the other stuff I recommended over reading this book the book that is based on for Kobolmia one thing I wanted to mention about that too that I kept thinking about it's like you know what a mea culpa cop- is And I'm like, it, it comes from Latin. And I'm like, why in Spanish is the words reversed? I mean, obviously they're spelled differently. And if it's, if one, if mea copa is Latin, why is copa mia in Spanish not the same order of words? 
I don't know, just something I thought about. It doesn't make any sense, I suppose. Anyways, um, next thing I want to talk about this week is Citadel. I know I talked about this last week of something that was of note to me. How much I ended up liking the show compared to what I thought I would, would from the first couple of episodes. I mentioned last week that I actually got the, the entire season actually quite quickly for me. I've been watching in and out of a lot of stuff that I haven't gotten through. Like I watched I want the majority of the first episode of Based on a True Story. The Kaylee Coco Christmas Eve thing on Peacock that I mentioned seeing the trailer for a couple weeks earlier. It's an interesting story. I'm I'm so hesitant to keep moving on. I think it's a short se- short season. I have no idea where the, sh- the story is going to go. Obviously very similar to what Only Murders in the Building is. So I'm kind of afraid about that. But it's... I, I'm just... I'm I'm waiting for like a cringiness because I heard something that's part of the story that I'm like, how oh, are they going to do this without being super weird? Anyways. But I actually got through the whole Citadel for a season. Um, but I, so I actually enjoyed it despite how badly it started out for me. I definitely still feels like it suffers a bit from the big budget that they're kind of forcing onto the screen in a bad way. All the extreme modernity, I think that's how you, that's what you would say, sort of is super distracting and is a turnoff from the story. I wish there was a kind of like a grittier, more grounded visual to the, what you're seeing on screen. Like, yeah, I get it's like a big spy agency that they're looking back on. But how is this a spy agency? Everything looks so nice and they're not hidden in any way besides being in Montana, I want to say, or somewhere is where this headquarters was. It's just, how is it not so obvious if you're bringing all these materials that look so modern and so spyish in the middle of nowhere? And like the clear screens, Ugh, I know there's some sort of like visual effect to be able to see someone's face while looking at a computer. I just hated it. And I think I mentioned this last week. One of the scenes in the first episode, they very obviously did a product placement bag as CGI or VFX on a table that's super fake looking and super cartoonish. But anyways, getting back to it. I think I mentioned so there's Pranker Chopra's character, Nadia, Mason, um, Richard Madden's character, Mason Kane. Um, they are both spies together. They have some sort of backstory. They lose their memories. He's married now in the future with a kid. She is living off in Spain. Um, you find out as you go along the story as they try to like move forward and rescue the San Lantucci character and try to prevent the Mexico or- organization from getting all the names and assets of the spies that are in the agency and being able to take down something at some point I don't remember but as you go through the story you're like and near the end of the whole season it actually gets quite interesting in the storyline it's like what do you actually know about the Mason King character they show flashbacks of what he was like in the flat past and like how much was what they're showing us is actually true about him or is like a front he was putting on and I even thought from the beginning that his name sounded super fake. Like Mason Kane is like 
who has that name? And you're like, I'm wondering, is that even his real name? You think if that was his real name that everyone around him would be able to do their research and easily find that he has a connection to Manticore? Like, we learn early on that Mason's father died when he was very young and his mother abandoned him to travel the world as, like, an aside. And that's, like, part of why he, he was connected to Nadia because there was, like, some sort of, like, abandonment thing going on there between the two of them and their families. But and in the end, we actually learn that Delilah, the, the diplomat that is the go-between for all the families of the Manticore organization, is actually his mother. And it's like his accent has been put on the entire time and it's been fake as an American accent and he actually has a British accent. But I swear, even like in the little kid flashback that they show of him, he doesn't have an accent. And does, did Citadel know and Stanley Tucci know that he was putting on a front? That his mother was actually pretty high up in the rival organization? You would have thought that he would have naturally also like lost the accent by now and he wouldn't be faking it as much. And it's such a story thing to like bring out a british accent when he's pretending not to have one the entire time and you'd think with like his memory loss that he wouldn't how is it in his memory loss he went to an american accent rather than a british accent um eh, it just built up to it's such an interesting plot in the story that they the first two episodes and everything whatever did not deserve for the story and um there was no way that Citadel would put Mason in such a high and a knowledgeable position if they knew his familiar background. It just seemed like ripe for terrible outcomes. It makes me really question if Delilah is right that Citadel isn't as amoral as they like to come off to everybody else as. And it's just another side of the coin to like Manticore organization. And But the show isn't really seeming like they're indicating that Mason was a mole all along that brought down Citadel. But there's this scene with his mother that makes me really think that it started that the the contact between Mason and Delilah didn't start occurring until after Nadia left. And at this point, learning what really happened to his mother and father and how like Citadel was involved. And but it also like, he gradually went back to her because he wanted to find Nadia. And I swear, the wife that. Mason has in the present time when he has no memory has to be involved more. She was a spy in the past. I mean, obviously there's sort of like a connection thing that he might have been drawn to her because he put her in a place that's familiar to him so he went back to a place that was unknowingly familiar to him and met her, but I I want to know how they met and like if there's more to the story and it's not just they both don't have memory and there's more to why they got connected. It, like I said, it could be sensible that he was just drawn back to Oregon and subcon- subconsciously drawn to Abby without knowing, but they got together so quickly, it seems. And knowing that he was responsible for erasing your memories and believing Nadia was a setup. Sorry, I live near a fire station, so I think I think I do. So I caused a ton of noise. I'm really trying here to figure out how to record someone that's comfortable and doesn't have a ton of noise. Obviously, I'm going to have to do the not a ton of noise placement in the future. Anyways, Mason's wife has got to be more involved. Or like a present day version of it. And she has to know, she's got to have to know that Mason's responsible for covering up the memories as like a cover up to Nadia, which makes me think it's like, is that like a double thing? If it ended up 
sort of being a mole. He pushed out Nadia knowing she wasn't actually the mole. Just for another reason. There's like a double layer or something going on. So, But anyways, I'm really interested to see where the story, story goes in the future. There's a lot of interesting balls that are floating in the air of the, in the story. And how they're going to play everything out together. And that like, in the end, Mason is able to get memories back. After, despite them being re- erased for the full season, he got the memory back, went to a room, got the memories back, and then hugged his wife. So it makes me think, what's going on here? This has got to be so complicated when everything comes back. Overall, I would say the season was like a B-. minus. I'm really interested in where this is going in the future. Um... The first couple episodes really could have done better in the story and not making it seem super fake and super like regular spy sort of thing that I don't really like and super influenced by like the Avengers sort of look of the glass everywhere and metal and stuff like that and big neutral tones. I just wish it was better looking. I could appreciate the show way more if it wasn't so futuristic and modern looking. Obviously, they had to have some of that if they were able to do something with their brains to erase their memories, but also give them back later through a shot somehow. I'm wondering if, like, the memories back up is somehow faulty still in some way, or that he doesn't know his memories fully and they're able to manipulate that in some way too. I just don't know. And it's so interesting. And I've been watching some of the scenes over again and I never expected this out of the show. So I would definitely say watch it because it is interesting story and you really get sucked in and really think about the end and you kind of understand why, a little bit why they want a universe out of this. One should not spend so much, but I, again, should not spend so much money on this to look like it is. It's too much. I get like the big set pieces and stuff like that. It's just some of the stuff is so overwhelming. They're like, I don't like how this looks and it's not as gritty and grounded as I want it to be. I don't know. Anyways, I think it was good overall. It was an interesting story. Really sucked me in near the end. Like I said, I'm repeating myself a ton now. Anyways, let's look online. Oh, I actually wanted to say. Um. Once again, still obsessed with Mia Culpa. What else have I been watching recently? If you're into podcasts, I would definitely recommend Are You Garbage? That's something I really enjoy. I don't know, there's like a comforting nature to this, the podcast that it's has like a format that is six to week to week in all their programming that is like other, other stuff where sometimes I just skip over stuff and stop watching because of how... I'm talking about I don't I don't know how to explain what I'm talking about sometimes just there's they're so focused on like ground level basic things in are you garbage that other podcasts isn't really doing in a way that I don't like and there's a lot of other stuff is trying to make you gross you out or something or be super ridiculous in what they're saying if it was in the comedy podcast world and I think a lot of podcasts 
it's really good when they have like guests and stuff like that and but on this show i think it's like it's absolute best when they do have guests and it's just them too and like sometimes you like think about how because it's the premise of the show is they're asking questions to figure out like what is considered garbage in your life now really it's like an insult it's like super ridiculous things that are not they're kind of trashy thing ways to live and that you everybody would have in common each other in sort of like a commonality between people and people do some weird stuff when despite you not knowing it in common with each other like i think some of the questions are like depending on like one of the simplest ones what like ending suffix to like a street or i don't know if it's called suffix but like if it's a street a lane if you live on a highway or something like that it's like some are considered they think is better than others and can give you an insight into like how trashy or classier you are it's a lot of with like comedians and stuff and it's funny like i think one of the funnier i'm trying to think what like one of the funnier things is that they talk about that they consider classy or trashy um i'm trying to think hmm it's all like it's all like super funny stuff that's like blows out your head i think i don't know you just gotta watch it it's so comforting to me and how much like the two hosts like play off each other super well and like the set is definitely one of the things that like tells you what this whole thing is about sorry that was not well thought out that was just something that came to my head is something that i've been consuming recently Anyways, let's see what's on Netflix. Um, anything interesting? <laughs> oh, the Forever My Girl movie is still in the top 10. I would definitely recommend that. I think I mentioned this in the last one. Based on the book made into a movie i think the book i think i read the book before i watched the movie i think the book is like a million times better and the story changes a lot to the movie but the story is essentially that in the movie i think i don't remember anything of the book at this point the movie is that a guy leaves his fiance on their wedding day goes off to become a big country star and comes back after the death of his best friend and finds out that his fiance is from his fiance they left at an altar has a has his kid and him trying to reconcile like moving away to gain a better future while also making the mistake of like leaving her behind because he clearly still loves her and like cannot get over it and like develop into like and like an alcoholism and depression over how his life turned out even though he gets what he wants he doesn't have everything he wants and like it's a romantic drama it's it's really good i think not a ton of not a ton of super recognizable characters you would recognize some of them if you um watch more i don't know what you would recognize any of them from actually but that's really good um nothing else in the top 10 seems that interesting to me the five-year engagement is on netflix i kind of want to watch it kind of don't 
Mm. I know there's that Arnold Schwarzenegger show that lo- kind of looks like it'd be interesting. Because, like, the screen it's showing me, like, the icon is just the guy, the blonde guy, with, like, his shirt up. You see his abs. I'm like, why are they showing this? Why does this have anything to do with this story? Um, but I recognize him from the last ship, and he was on a part of a love one like the main love story I think in that show I really liked him in that I haven't finished that show I want to finish that show too because I think it was it's it's not enough with the inner relationships a lot of the time it's I like the story overall it's just I'm more into I a relationship really pulls me into something wanting to watch something for a long period of time and it's hard to continue to watch something when it's just drama happening all the time and there's no like light fun parts that are what interests me um let's see what's coming up um in the category of stuff that's coming soon oh through through my window across the sea i talked about that one last week um oh make me believe gotta be foreign this is romantic comedy i'm an enemy to lovers oh it's turkish i don't like turkish stuff it's too over dramatic i find i tried to watch you do you the romantic comedy that just came out too much i can't do it it's too quirky New season of the Point Break Tennis docuseries show. Heard the first half. It wasn't very good. I think I watched part of the first episode. Um, what else? Anything interesting? Um, um, no. Wonder what's on the top ten of Amazon Prime. Because I don't watch a ton of stuff on Amazon Prime because I'll often find it hard to find stuff. I'm not going to other places, but I do like they have the ability to subscribe to programming within it. So it makes it somewhat easier. But with, when everybody does it, it, they all make the plan together and they're all not great to find stuff eventually. Um, Where is this top ten? I don't ever can never find top ten when you want to find it. I find on any of these websites. Um. Let's see. Let's see. I cannot find the top ten on here. Why do they always do this? You see a top ten when you don't want to see it, and you don't see it when you want to see it. It's so frustrating, but I hate about these websites. I actually think I wanted to watch that, um, um, what is it? A Hallmark series ride? If it's trying to be sort of a yellow Sony sort of Hallmark sort of thing seems sort of interesting I like some of the actors in it 
there's that there's a guy from awkward the tv series that was on mtv i think um and the girl played betty's sister on riverdale she was in that two hearts takeable already movies also stars that guy from um what is that show the the cleaner no that's not what it's called oh it's something like that it's why well, i can never remember what any of these names are when you when you want to remember what something is you can never remember what it is um do i have a link ah max link is gone shoot i'll have to go to the fox it's on fox um it's a fox tv show who is it um let me just look up two hearts i did totally didn't expect him to be the same guy as in that show he was also in lone survivor not lone survivor damn it i don't remember what that show is any of these names the thing named survivor who's in that but he's also in the cleaning lady i was so close that show is really good i want to finish watching the first season and getting into the second season because it, it, I thought it started off so well, and the chemistry between him, the the two main characters, is really good. It reminds me a lot of um, Queen of the South, which I want to finish finish that too. I'm so much into so many things that I'm like I can't figure out what I want to watch ever. And it was renewed for another season, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Okay, Clean Ladies coming back. I really like that show. Really interesting, gritty crime drama y sort of thing. And um, that's kind of like Queen of the South. I know there's a new season of the original Queen of, Queen of the South that came out on Netflix. I it's way too long to even get into watching that. It's like 60 episodes a season, and I can't get through telenovelas a lot of the time. Oh, it's based on something else too. Cleaning ladies based on a cleaning ladies based on a telenovela too. Um. It was only 13 episodes. I remember it wasn't very long, so the... I don't think the story is very similar either. But it should, that should want to be something I want to watch too. Anyways. Kind of all over the place in this episode. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for watching. I always mess this one of the intros up. Thank you for listening to Julie Loves Television. I am Julie. Um, Have a great rest of your week guys and always be obsessed with television. (laughs)